Hello, I've been hanging around some really echoey rehearsal studios lately, so I'm sorry about the sound quality on some of what follows. It sounds a bit like it was recorded at the back of one of the stands in my local football ground. Don't you think? Zigo Zaga! Zigo Zaga! Welcome to Wilton's Podcasts, although today I'm not actually at Wilton's. I've travelled north to Park Theatre to talk to Ian Redford, who's currently starring here in Loot. And what on earth has that got to do with Wilton's, I hear you cry? Well, National Youth Theatre of Great Britain are staging the 50th anniversary production of Zigazagger at Wilton's in early September. And 50 years ago, Ian was one of the cast in the first ever televised version of Peter Turson's play. It was aired on BBC One at five past nine on the evening of Wednesday, the 27th of September, 1967. And Ian, you were there. I was. <laughs> Welcome to Wilkes <laughs> Podcasts. Thank you. Tell me, what was it like to be doing Zigazaga at the BBC for such a young lad? Because you were very young then, weren't you? Still at school? Yeah, yeah, I was 16. Um, well, it was just it was just part of that incredible summer, really. Um, one thing led on to another, and. Um, I remember rehearsing, I remember Joan Bakewell being there <coughs> and John Glenister wearing sandals, which he still does today. <laughs> and just, just, it was then live, uh, uh, so the actors had to run from one set to the other. So I remember we, we rehearsed quite a lot because it's a huge thing to mm. try and put on a big crowd of 80. Um, and just remember, you know, having to hit your mark and just and those cameras like the Daleks. When you're 16, those kind of things, you sort of, you don't take on the enormity of it until mm. afterwards. You kind of think, well, that's amazing. Because if you did, it'd be a bit frightening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I only had a little tiny part in the first year. The next year I played the lead. But, um, no, it was great. It was really exciting and... Um, you know, to be at the BBC, you know, so... Had yeah. you been in the first stage version of the genetic mm. opera? You, you yeah, 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 yeah. And did you do, you say you did the lead later on, so you did some of the many revivals? I did, I did, I think I did two of the, two revivals. One that went to Berlin mm. in 68, and one that went to Amsterdam in 69. Because right. I, I remember watching Woodstock on film in Amsterdam. <laughs> And just, you know, the fact that, you know, there were 80 to 100 people travelling across Europe, all of various stages and ages. And, um, you know, they were, they, they were adventurous times. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we went to East Berlin, we went to the Berlin Ensemble, we went to, um, we did shows, it was the Berlin Wall was up, so we talked to people who'd, you know, got family and on the other side. It was... Uh, it was fantastic and yeah you did you felt special and different yeah and we've got another little coincidence there as you mentioned the Berlin Ensemble in yeah. fact we've got Man to Man coming oh, later right. in okay. September to Wilton's as well is that the Berlin um, Ensemble coming it isn't no it's actually a, a, a different production but they've in putting it together the cast and creative team actually went over there uh, yeah, yeah yeah and and when we went over there we went backstage we met the stage doorkeeper and it, for a few American dollars, 
said, you give me American dollars and we'll show you backstage. So we went on the stage and saw that amazing sight of that building. And uh, one of our crew that went over there, a guy called Edwin Shirley, um, he got stopped on the way back because they thought he was trying to escape. <laughs> so it was full of little adventures yeah. like that. I remember also, curiously, there's a Woolworths in Berlin. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, out there still I don't know if did that job. Mm. You know, and also it was the summer of 67, so exactly. hey Jude, yes. the Beatles, there was, we were in yeah. clubs where they did strange things with them um, on the wall, they had psychedelic stuff yeah. on the wall. And I remember just opening in these, these amazing theatres. I mean, the Theatre Over the Water, Peter Stein's theatre, was incredible and then going backstage there and seeing they had a, a mural in the green room of Lenin arriving at Moscow so it was very 60s yes. very kind of yeah. uh, it was really exciting yeah. really exciting to and of course that. 67 was the year that Gerald Walton died yeah well, that's right another that's right yeah. 50 years yeah. yeah Wales Millennium Centre are bringing their production man to man later in oh right okay years, I guess, oh like. right okay yeah small world small world yeah um and as you say, there were extraordinary times, but also Zigazaga was an extraordinary production. There was an awful lot of buzz around it. Yeah, yeah. There had been no real contemporary theatre done by NYT up to that point. Mm, it had been mm. very, very Shakespearean, very traditional. Mm, mm. And this made a real impact, didn't it? Did you feel that? Were you very much aware of it at the time? No, not really. I, 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 not at the time, but it's only afterwards. It was, I call it, uh, it was the time when the youth theatre went comprehensive. <laughs> I mean, it really did yeah. open up the doors to yeah. a, a, a huge amount. Up to then, it was a kind of sort of minor public schooly kind mm -hmm. of feel about it. Um, but what was great about it was the fact that you had a connection with the past, with the people that were in the productions before. Yeah. So you felt part of this rather wonderful organisation and you yes. went back every year as well which I don't think they do now they have auditions to, to do it again but there was only 200 in the company mm. no and I, you, know, you make lifelong friends changes your life absolutely that's one you of the things I was going to ask you about is that what impact do you feel being a member of NYT had not only on your career but actually on your life and as you as a person well I think more of me as a person rather than uh, a career I've got about a dozen friends from that period of time mm -hmm. and they've remained friends all the way through and I think it was there was a confidence uh, that you were given because you were appearing in the West End or near the West End you felt that you could do anything and I remember going to when I went to my first professional job at the Playhouse in Liverpool and I remember a stage manager there saying well you seem different to the others you seem as though you know a little bit more it can have a double-edged sword because sometimes it can give you a full sense of security. I mean, you've, there's still lots to learn yes. and you don't know everything. But there was something about, yeah, it was magic. Mm. It was magic. I remember um, my first year, one of the leading actors in the company asked me if I had a tie because he was going to the equivalent of the Ivy for, uh, with producers <laughs> and all that stuff. So although Michael Croft quite rightly said it is not a... Uh, uh, gateway to the business or, or to stardom or whatever it's about you know people m mixing from different classes different backgrounds different parts of the country and I remember I was in my first year I was 14 I remember ringing my dad up and saying can I stay up 
for an all-night party, you know, <laughs> staying somewhere. I mean, it was all very innocent. But, uh, you know, that was magic too. You know, you make... You just, and recently, last Sunday, we had this reunion of the original cast at um, Zadell's. So there were 60 of us that sh showed up. Oh, and they weren't all actors. There were judges, there were doctors, there were teachers, people who worked in the business in terms of uh, helping people to speak at conferences, mm -hmm. people who ran removal firms. It was, you know, it was a, it was a wide It wasn't just people going to be actors. Mm -hmm. And then there we have one of the original uh, youth theatre members was there, David Weston. So it's kind of a, you know, there's, there's this sort of family feel yes. that Michael had created. And how did you actually get involved in it originally? Well, I was interested in acting at school. I couldn't do anything else. I've got two brothers, went to the same school. One was the rebel and the other was the goody, goody boy. Oh, and that left you in the middle, that. I suppose. <laughs> um, and I was the youngest. Um, and uh, until this teacher arrived from Cardiff, he was uh, via Oxford. He'd been to Oxford and he arrived. He was only... He was only 21, and 1963, 64, and he ran this drama group. And this drama group, he said, I'm not going to do the traditional sort of Shakespeare and Shaw. He said, I'm going to do stuff that comes from the Royal Court. Mm -hmm. So we used to go to the Royal Court. We used to do Sergeant Musgrave's Dance, Lord Rowan Hunter the Sun. We did UNESCO. We did um, the Italian Straw Hat. We did our, it was like, and it became a kind of... We were a group within, it was in the old days when, you know, the history teacher who happened to be interested in drama became the producer of the plays. And I'm a great, nowadays, I'm a great believer in the idea of um, bringing back the school play. So how Michael Croft started with the youth theatre was of course you just get what he calls the bad lads, you know, the boys who are, don't settle anywhere else. Because there's nothing like putting on a play to bring people together. You've got to deal with people very, very much, and as you know, sort of, yes. you know, head on. You've got to put up with people's egos, you've got to put up with, um, you've got to work together for the common good. You know, it's just, I don't think there's anything quite like that, and I think that's what the youth theatre taught you as well, was the fact that however small a part you played, you had an important part to play yes. in it. And, and everybody contributed to the whole. Yeah, and working with Michael Croft must have been extraordinary. But also doing this one for the BBC. I mean, John Glenister really yeah, is a legend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those who might be listening who don't remember his work, I mean, especially people of a certain age, so just say Z cars softly, yeah. softly, run yeah. all of the Bailey, and God yeah. knows what else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The man is a legend. And so what was it like working with him? Well, it was great. I mean, again, you know, he was um, just a, a very gentle, benign influence. I mean, he was a lovely man, absolutely lovely. He was there last Sunday too. Um, and uh, in fact, I did something with Michael because John Glenister had a series called One Pair of Eyes and it was one individual's take on something and it was, um, there was a, a sports reporter for the Sunday Times called Brian Glanville, who I've seen recently actually, he's, he's ancient now, but he plays football in, in the park kickabouts and uh, he was the Sunday Times football re reporter and he did a, a thing that John was di directing for one pair of eyes and he wanted to do an excerpt from Zigger um, from that and I did that with him and I think that um, if, if Michael noticed something special about you he would then encourage you and develop you and you know as I say it was more or less I don't say it was totally but it was more or less a shoe into drama school yeah and you, you know, you just felt loyal to him. Mm. 
And of it course, you, you have gone on to train, haven't you? You've had a very long and yeah, successful long. career, and also, also <laughs> worked with someone else who is no stranger to to Wilms, which is yeah. Mike Stafford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joint. You co-wrote a play with yes, him. Yes, I did. Dish of tea with Dr. Johnson. Yes. I've done eleven, no, twelve productions with Max. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you've had your reunion of the original cast. Have you actually? Did you manage to meet any of the current cast? No, not yet. No. Um, I know that. Um, uh, Joe was keen for to meet up, but yeah. not sure I can because I know I'm here. the schedule. I know. You know. Because my next question was going to be, do you think you'll manage to get to see it? At when Wednesday? is it? Six to ninth of September. Do hope you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be great. But th- Ian, thank you so much for your time today. When you've just done a matinee <laughs> of Loot here, which is quite yeah, terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. <laughs> thank you. We hope That's to see you at Wilton's. Lovely. So fast forward a few days from my conversation with Ian and I've been joining the rehearsals today with the current cast. And I've learned a few things too because I've been watching Claire, the fight director, put them through their paces in a mass fight scene which has been absolutely fascinating. So I now know all about punching the parrot and seeing the penguin but I can promise you that no birds are harmed in this production at all. (laughs) That's a guarantee. So anyway, here with me today I have... I'm Ebbe. Um, um, I'm Sophie. Saffron. Patrick. Hello, welcome to you all and welcome to Wilton's Podcasts. So, obviously, first question, how's it going for your rehearsals? Intense. <laughs> absolutely amazing, learning new things every day. Like, this is my first MIT show, so I've learned, you know, the whole rehearsal process has been... But just seeing everything pieced together as well is just so amazing to just sit back and watch. Yeah, and it's like because there's four, well, there's 50 of us yeah. in total, and it's a massive cast for this show. But I think it really needs that. So the whole rehearsal process is about the precision of all of us. Yeah. Because if one of us is just off, that could affect the whole thing. <laughs> so it's about being completely precise and energetic, but also serving the story. Yeah. For me, it feels like a very unique opportunity, just because. Um, obviously in professional theatre because every actor is paid it's, it's, it's almost impossible to have huge casts like this yeah. so it, it feels like we're we're doing something that's that's very unique to us that, that only we can do because obviously we're role volunteers with the National Youth Theatre yeah. it means that we can have this huge cast and there, there are so many more options in terms of what we can do Yeah, it's been a very explorative process once we've written a script, it was kind of how do we live the text of the page, how do we realise it in a modern day setting, how do we kind of make it accessible for a contemporary audience. So having all this, these, this diverse cast of, of creatives, people who love what they do, they're passionate about what they do, and I hear, you know, 10 to 6, enthusiastically trying to discover new things through just letting themselves go and kind of just discarding all their inhibitions for the service of the story. 
it's been a really enlightening process. Yeah, because another thing, of course, is that it was a groundbreaking play in its own right, but especially it was an important move for MIT because as Ian Redford from the original cast said to me, he described it as when NYT went comprehensive because they'd only done classics really up to then. And this was a very different, very, very contemporary piece of work. Um, but obviously times have changed. So how have you found it, finding those, those elements of Peter Turson's text that really do still say something today and mean something today? Well, I think one of the main decisions we've had as a cast is there's a, a, a moment where there's a real racist scene mm. in it. And it was like, do we do it or do we not? Because we are from a diverse cast and, you know, it's important to have BAME actors in this performance. Mm. So there's been an adaption when it comes to that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's making it diverse. It's making it serving the purpose of today as actors of today. Mm. NYT has completely changed the way it was years ago. And to be completely honest with you, it was privileged years yes. ago. Now it's about working class actors, even if you're middle class as well, coming together and creating an incredible piece of theatre. And I think it's going to have a landmark just as it did years ago. Yeah. And I honestly do think that. Um, and people will go, oh my word, this is theatre. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, you can make at least as much noise yeah, as yeah. they did in 1967. Even more. And if I can just add, I think that um, I think that the themes are still very relevant there yeah. in the play. You know, for me, the, the play is about um, you know a young, a young man coming of age. It's about um, how people in certain contexts within sort of a very hierarchical British society, um, their, their options are very few. Mm. Um, and it's also a play about things like race and, and how. Um, vision and, and hate. Mm -hmm. and I feel like those things are all um, very, it's, it's a very topical play. All those, those themes are very relevant today. They're still with us. In that place, yeah, absolutely. We did a lot of um, discussion, we did a lot of research as an ensemble, just discussing, you know, current events, trying to draw parallels between the text and current day events. And there was a lot to be found in terms of progression mm -hmm. of society, in terms of how we treat each other as individuals, in terms of class, in terms of power, in terms of political prestige and there's still so much to be found, so many similarities to be drawn from a text which was written 50 years ago and a text which was written before now. And it's just really, it's really striking to find those things which are still relevant and haven't you know, disappeared but trying to find new ways to approach them. Yeah. So guys, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me in your rehearsal lunch break and are you looking forward to coming to Wilton's? So came in like a couple of weeks ago um, and I just um, took a little peek into the theatre and it's such a beautiful space so it is. really excited to be able to, yeah. to perform there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just hope you're ready for us yet to be on